Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto. I'm Catherine Schifferdeck. And today we're joined by Lois Malcolm. She's an associate professor of systematic theology here at Luther Seminary and the author of The Holy Spirit, Creative Power in Our Lives by Fortress. So when we're done with our discussion, just hop on the internet, pick up that book. Yeah. Thanks for being with us, Lois. Uh, So we asked you a huge question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Um, You are known here at Luther for teaching courses on the Holy Spirit, and uh, you've made this uh, the the subject of much of your research. Uh, And as we said before we started recording, it's a huge topic, of course, and we can't uh, claim to do it justice in the 10 minutes we have here. But we'd like to at least start. So uh, my first question for you is, Um, As we're uh, entering into the season of Pentecost here uh, at the beginning of the summer, um, of course we think about the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire, the the wind, uh, the people speaking in tongues. But does the Holy Spirit show up in the Bible before the day of Pentecost? Yes, the Spirit is very much present in the Old Testament. Um, The Spirit is ruah, the breath of life, the wind and the breath of life, which which, um, in Hebrew... Ruach, the word ruach, means an animating force that, that animates both living, all, that animates both people and animals, mm-hmm. but the same word is used to describe God's spirit, which is God's living presence within us, um, God's living presence who gives life to our very bodies. So what you find in the Old Testament is a very embodied understanding of the spirit's presence, the spirit who embodies our our lives, not just as individuals, but our lives in relationship to one another as families, as communities, as nations. Um, and so you see in the Old Testament a kind of development in the, in the understanding of, of who this spirit is, because the spirit is not just the animating force in all of life, but the spirit is also the, the power and person of God who in the early in the early narratives of the formation of, of of the Jewish people, the spirit falls on individuals to perform feats beyond their normal capacities mm-hmm. for for the sake of the nation. So that's the charismatic spirit giving you power, like as the spirit fell on Samson to perform mighty feats, or Deborah to form, perform mighty um, feats. But then there is also the spirit that in, inspires the prophets to speak truth to power to speak truth to the idolatry and the injustice that's happening um, among, among the people, both by their leaders and among the people themselves. So there you have the ethical spirit. Um, and along, But during the period of the exile, when, is, when Israel is exiled into Babylon, during a real period of despair and oppression, experience of despair and oppression, it's at that time where a new understanding of the spirit emerges, where you have both the charismatic spirit and the ethical spirit of the prophets conjoined in an understanding of the spirit um, as the very power of God to create new life precisely out of the barrenness, like the barren womb, the barrenness that people experience as a result of their, their experience of exile. And so there you have the eschatological spirit, which is a kind of hard theological that's a, term. It's one of those big words that <laughs> uh, your Bible scholars and theologians throw around. Uh, help right. us think about what that means. I, had, I remember I had to practice saying that word just so I could say it in my classroom. Right. But, so what, uh, what what is, what is eschatological? Okay, eschatological, basic, all eschatological means is the promise of God's future made present now. 
okay, the promise of God's future. So what happens in, this, in is Israel's experience of despair and oppression, what happens is that there emerges a hope of a time when God will in fact overcome death, where God will in fact cleanse us of our sins. Um, where we will be created anew as a people, and not just us, but the, the natural world itself. So eschato eschatology basically brings together the charismatic spirit, the, the spirit mm -hmm. of God's power mm -hmm. to fill us, to, to wake up our dry bones, to empower mm -hmm. us to do things, that charismatic spirit coupled with the ethical spirit, that this is always, what mm -hmm. God empowers us to do is always going to be for the creation of justice, the creation of right relationships with one another and with the, with the natural world. So that's, that's the promise of God's future that we find in the Old Testament. And do you see these characteristics of the spirit then moving into the New Testament as well, where we uh, see this ethical spirit, this charismatic, charismatic spirit, this eschatological spirit also functioning in the... You better believe it, Eric. <laughs> this is so glad I asked. <laughs> you better believe it. This is precisely what happens in Jesus' ministry. Okay, Jesus is baptized, um, and when he is baptized, the spirit descends on him like a dove, hovers over him like the, like the spirit hovered over creation. So there, there you have this imagery here of, of the possibility of a new, a new creation happening in his, in his person. But Jesus is also... Um, a voice also declares that Jesus is God's chosen one, God's chosen one to embody God's reign. So what the Spirit enables Jesus to do precisely as, he is, as Jesus is centered in God he knows as a parent, the God he knows as Abba, who he calls as Abba, it's the power of the Spirit within him that gives him the potency to, so that in his very in person, he embodies God's reign, God's reign of justice and mercy, where the poor have good news preached to them, where the sick are healed, where demons are exercised. Um, yeah. It's new life, it's new hope. It's new brought, life right? and new hope. But it's not just new life and new hope for me. Right. It's always a relational new life. A re that's what the Spirit creates amongst us. And because Jesus was centered in his relationship, and the other thing is that the spirit is never not centered. There's always a, it's always a Trinitarian spirit. It's always rooted in God, in God's justice, God's creative justice. But what, what happens through the spirit's power, just as what happened with Jesus, is that, is that through the spirit, we are, we are enabled to embody who God created us to be mm -hmm. in relationship to one another. So the spirit is never really something that happens or the spirit descending on Jesus or descending on one of us isn't something that just happens to me as an individual, no. but something that has uh, immense repercussions for how we relate to one another. Exactly, exactly. And what the spirit gives you is freedom from sin, from the fear of death, from being enslaved by any other powers, whether they be human or spiritual, you know, you are liberated. That's why um, spirit language is always connected with the, with the liberation from Exodus, okay, where, where the Hebrew slaves were liberated from bondage to oppression. You, the spirit, through the spirit given to you, you are freed now to be conformed into Christ's image within you so that you become more fully Eric, you become more fully Catherine, precisely as you enter into Jesus' identity in you, Christ's identity, the living presence of Christ within you, which to where then you are empowered through your unique particular gifts, the unique ways that God has given you charisma, okay? Charisma in the sense of the power and the passion to enact the energies of the spirit within you in your unique capacities. But that's not just for you to hoard. 
That's, that's for this to spill over into the communities, the families that you're a part of, so that you now become the embodied presence of Jesus there. That is, that's really powerful. I feel so energized. Yes. <laughs> you, you say, uh, it, you, you weren't able uh, in this short essay to, to get to what's often called the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and, and it seems like that's where you're headed now uh, in what you were saying. You, you do say in your essay, and I think this is, is one of the most powerful statements here, that uh, through baptism into Christ's death and resurrection, we too are given the same Spirit that was in Jesus the spirit that enabled him to have intimacy with the one he called Abba. So can you elaborate on that and particularly uh, talk about the, the gifts of the spirit? Okay, all right. In fact, we are baptized into Jesus' death and resurrection. So just like Jesus received the power of the spirit and also received that identity as the chosen child of God, that too is what happens to us in our baptism. And in that now, we have a new identity. Now, which means uh, this free this identity that's free, freed from all other powers. But along with that comes the real empowerment. Um, and and the, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, the, the three things that are talked about are the charisma, the gifts, the energies, the energeia, or the, the activity of the spirit, and then the diakonia, the services. Those three things, in a sense, come together through the spirit's power in each of us as individuals, Okay, where we are energized with gifts that are then a service for the common good. Mm -hmm. But these gifts are always worked together. You know, we, we are part of one body. We embody, one, with, with one another, we embody Christ's body in the world. Mm -hmm. So that your gifts, the manifestation of your gifts, the manifestation, the exercise, and the, the energizing of your gifts, then is such, and this is, this is the alchemy of the spirit, it's such that as you become more fully you, Catherine, I become more fully me in my capacity to use my, this is what the body, as Eric becomes more fully who God has called him, who the charisma of God has called him to be, that then frees the other to be fully themselves. And that's what it means to be part of the body of Christ, where our gifts, and then it's not just for us as a community that's, that's internally looking, all of this is really for the sake of the world, for the sake of God's justice and mercy in the world. So it's not that, that I have the same charism no. uh, that you do or that Eric does. It's or. the same spirit, the yes. same spirit of yes. Jesus that you and I share, yes. but there is a place for individuality, an individuality not based on gender, mm -hmm. class. Uh, difference, difference in the body of Christ is not based on ethnicity, class, gender. It's based on who God has gifted us to be. And always for the sake of the community, and it's not always for, for the sake of oneself, not for boasting or no, not yeah. for arrogance. In fact, that's that's where and here's the part you guys probably don't want me to talk about. Kind of <laughs> oh, <open advertising. laughs> oh along go. with the spirit comes death to self. Death to self. Say you better believe that. it. Yeah. Along with the spirit, this is where this is where our our egoic preoccupations, our ethnocentric preoccupations, our preoccupations that want to claim power either for our egos or power for our particular nation or group, that dies. Mm -hmm. When the spirit is work, the infinite creative spirit of God, in a sense, kills all that is evil and sinful and, and, and self-preoccupied mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, and therefore opens us up to be now places where, where God's reign can be embodied for all. Why is it that you think that? I think most Christians have a hard time with the Holy Spirit and thinking about uh, how the Holy Spirit works in our everyday life. Uh, one teacher of mine once said, 
uh, when it comes to the Trinity, I think a lot of people think of of God as his old guy with a long beard and Jesus as his younger guy with a darker beard <laughs> and the Holy Spirit as some magic fairy dust. Um, we just have a hard time thinking about the Holy Spirit. Why is that? And what difference would it make in our faith if we actually took the, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit seriously? Um, the, the Holy Spirit is never divorced from our bodies. I mean, one of the faulty faulty notions that we have is precisely the Holy Spirit is fairy godmother dust, who's kind of like either a, a kind of steroid, you know, that, that helps you live on steroids, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or sort of this... Performance enhancing. Performance enhancing. Yes, performance right. enhancing. That, that's what we... And so when we talk about charis, the charisma of the Spirit, the charisms of the Spirit, we think of, you know, what it means to live on steroids. And yeah, we want that, you know. Unfortunately, that's not what the Spirit's power... Yes, the person of the Spirit is all about power, because it's all about the creation of new life. Spiritus creator. The spirit is the one who creates new life. So it's the power of God to create new life. But the way in which that new life is created is always in, with, and under our humanity. In, with, and under our natural world. That's why one of the most vivid images of the spirit's activity that you find in Romans 8 is the image of the spirit groaning even when we do not know how we ought to pray. And that groaning image is a sort of play on words um, both of the groaning in suffering, but also the groaning that a mother has when a mother gives birth to new life. And so if I can leave you, Eric, with sort of a concrete image of what the Spirit does, what the Spirit does is create new life precisely where there is sin, where there is suffering, where there is disease, mm. where there is brokenness. Yeah. So the Spirit is not about steroids, yeah. the spirit, but the Spirit is about healing yeah. and forgiveness. Yeah. and creating new life. Yeah. But it's always in, with, and under our humanity. We, the Spirit, we never escape what it means to be human. In fact, the Spirit empowers us to be more fully human. Yeah. That is uh, beautiful, Lois. And, and I know we could talk a lot more about uh, the Spirit's power, the Spirit's work uh, in our lives. Again, uh, we, we urge people to read your book, uh, The Holy Spirit. Creative Power in Our Lives. Uh, by Augsburg Fortress, it, which, you, as you, uh, you mentioned before, is, is kind of a survey of uh, biblical texts that speak about the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.